Welcome to the Thrive and Shine Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Serena Orkies. I hope you all had a great Easter weekend. Um, we actually had really beautiful weather and it was amazing and so good for my soul. I feel like we just literally were in the sun all weekend, even got sunburns and I know it's terrible, but it was so nice. <laughs> so anyways, today on the podcast, I have Bridget to have two women on the podcast, Bridget and Kimberly. Bridget is the co-founder of a company called Wellness Lately, which I had never heard of before. Um, super awesome company. Um, their mission is huge. You'll want to listen to this episode. Um, Kimberly actually attended um, the wellness company or the wellness lately company's program. Um, I think it's an academy is what they call it. So she is prime example that you can change your views on the way that you look at food. I think a lot of people think it's impossible. Um, sometimes they've been included myself, but diet culture has just took it's taken over I mean it's has taken over for the past I don't even know 30 40 years you know um it has like this horrible impact on how every single person views food um but what they try to do with anyone who has an issue with what they eat if they become obsessive or you know super like I'm on a diet every other day every other month they you enroll in this academy and you kind of undo all of the work or all of the beliefs that you have pertaining to diet culture and food and they try to heal that they try to get to the bottom of it where it all started why it started a lot of it is body image and how people feel that you have to eat certain things to look a certain way and I don't know I just I really love everything that they stand for um as much as I preach about eating healthy um for me personally it it never has anything to do with the way I look physically um except for like bloat and stuff but like mentally for me I know that if I eat sugar if I eat dairy or gluten that I am going to literally feel miserable and that's what keeps me eating well um but diet culture has turned it into this whole body image issue and you know it just I I commend people for wanting to eat healthy and finding whatever way works for them in that way but I hate to see people stressing out about it like not being able to eat certain foods or not being able to eat something because it doesn't fit in their calories for the day and going hungry and it just it really really breaks my heart so what wellness lately doing is huge for our society today and I I mean I didn't even know about that a company like this even existed and I wish that we could just spread the word because it could help so so many people with you know just any sort of um, diet culture issues any sort of body image issues that they have body dysmorphia eating disorders anything so what I also liked about our guests is one is not a mom and one is a mom of three. So I love so much hearing both sides because I have so many clients and friends who are on one side of the spectrum and I have so many clients and friends who are on the other side of the spectrum being mom 
um, of, or just being married, you know, just living different lifestyles. And I think everybody, um, wants the same thing in the long run. But anyways, I really hope that you all enjoy this episode. And if you think that their academy is something that you would be interested in, they do do free, um, discovery calls. I think they're called, I can't remember, but, um, I know they plug their information at the end of the episode. And then I'll also have it in the show notes definitely go follow them on Instagram. I love their posts. Um, and then if you need anything, um, just let me know if there's something that I didn't list and you can't find them. Just let me know. And I hope you all have a great week. Hey, Bridget. Hey, Kimberly. How are you all? Doing hey, well, Sabrina. Sabrina. Great. I'm so excited to have you all here. There's going to be so many people interested in the topics that you all have to talk about. It all revolves around eating and diet culture and our feelings, eating our feelings, all the things. Um, I know both of you all have your own personal journey um, to getting to this point and where you are with helping people. So I would love for you all to first um, explain to the listeners where you, what your journey. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Well, thanks so much for having us. Um, I am Bridget. I'm one of the co-founders here at Wellness Lately. And my struggle with food and body image really goes back to childhood. We have to go way back to the archives and talk <laughs> about um, my, you know, I grew up in a, in a household that was really health conscious and really actually restrictive. So no quote unquote junk food, no play food, a lot of, um, you know, I always talk about going to other kids' houses when I was little and seeing these pantries full of sweets and treats and everything that it wasn't allowed in my house and my eyes like bulging out of my head. But, um, so I grew up in a really restrictive house and I also was a, I was exposed to a situation where a doctor told my, me and my mom that I was a little too heavy on the BMI chart. And from there really catapulted a restrictive relationship with food, a lot of disordered eating. It was decades of just struggling with yo-yo dieting. I mean, my first diet was in middle school and this constant struggle of looking for the next thing, right? Looking for the diet that would finally save me and solve all my problems. Of course, that never came because that doesn't exist. Um, and this took me into adulthood and I really doubled down on the dieting and the restriction and the over-exercising in my early 20s. I actually went to get a certification in health coaching. I worked in the wellness industry for a long time. I was like, I think trying to master my dieting. And meanwhile, uh, behind the scenes was a lot of binging, a lot of emotional eating, a lot of struggling with my body image and waiting on the weight, really thinking that when I finally lost that weight, that's when I would be happy. That's when I would have my dream life and all the success and, you know, the career, the relationship, the house, the job, you know, all of the things would come when I finally lost the weight. And I was really stuck in this pattern for a long time. And what shifted things for me was actually getting really sick. I got Lyme disease and I had to learn how to relate to my body in a very, very different way that was based in self-compassion and with in kindness and getting on the same team as my body, as opposed to this constant battle and this constant berating myself and restricting myself and thinking that, you know, I just had to muster the willpower and then things would change. So 
that's kind of like the express version, I guess, but long story short, um, I through that process and through getting support, healed my relationship with food and my body. And meanwhile, my partner at wellness lately, Dana and I were working on building our health coaching business. And we started to see the same patterns that in our work with clients that we experience in our own life, this idea that diets don't work, that weight loss, isn't the answer that that's not the cure all for, you know, health and happiness. So we shifted into this model based on intuitive eating did a lot of research there, did some training there and really landed in this place now where we help women heal the same struggles that we went through and uh, end up in a much happier, healthier, more positive place with their bodies. Amazing. Oh, I love it all. Kimberly, do you want to talk yours? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, very similar upbringing to Bridget where I lived in a very weight centric house where, you know, beauty was really on the forefront and we were always, um, you know, beauty was just something that we were always complimented on. My mother was um, very much in diet culture herself, um, always on diets, um, always watching what we ate. And to kind of fast forward about three decades of me being on and off diet, yo-yo dieting, I had three children and weight gain that comes along with a normal pregnancy. Um, you know, the medical professionals involved in my pregnancy tagged me as, you know, unusual weight gain. Of course, that crushed me being, um, you know, postpartum and trying to breastfeed. I immediately started to lose weight. And really that was my um, number one priority. And I remember telling someone that, oh, second to my kids, my weight loss is my number one priority. And I had three kids. And so I did this three times, um, using every pregnancy really as an extended binge period. That was my final, you know, it was my one chance in a life of three decades of dieting to not be dieting. So I just ate all the things. Um, and then I would put myself into very restrictive diet plans after the pregnancies to lose this weight. And what had gone from just like chronic yo-yo dieting for a long time really turned into binge eating, you know, being on a restrictive plan for X number of days and then um, planning time to be off that, getting in all the foods that I had restricted. And I just felt that I was on a roller coaster. You know, I was um, not going to social events because I didn't want to crush my diet. I was, my moods were, um, you know, on a roller coaster escalating when I was off the diet and on the diet. And this all kind of happened as I saw my disordered eating really ramping up alongside the fact that I had little girls and a boy and I was raising kids. And it was a crazy kind of perfect storm of me seeing this happening to myself and then seeing this opportunity that I had these children that didn't have diet culture in them, that loved their naked bodies. You know, you take take their clothes off before a tubby and they're running around free in their bodies and they love it. And I was looking at that and I won't cry, Bridget, I swear, but you can cry. I was like, what is going, what's happening here? Like, how did I get to where I'm at? And how do I make sure they don't get there? And it was just this, this incredible light bulb moment came off along with a a lot of other things on my 40th birthday, I had gone on whole 30 was kind of my last diet of choice and went on a girl's weekend. And one of my friends um, said, you know, she actually didn't want to go on the girl's weekend because 
I had been dieting so hard that just my negative self-talk was so strong. And she said, Kimberly, it's really, really hard to hear you talk about yourself. You know, it, it makes me feel self-conscious. It makes me feel sad for you. And no one actually, Sabrina, in my 40 years of life had really ever said that. You know, the way I talked was very socially acceptable. It was just everyone talks like that. We say bad things about our body all the time. And it was this one person that subsequently is an intuitive eater just because she never really had diet culture come in, um, said this to me. And it really meant something that juxtaposed to seeing my kids and seeing this opportunity, like I could change this for them. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to get that right. And so my story is I actually found wellness lately and all I knew at the time of signing up for their food freedom Academy was that I knew that dieting wasn't working for me. It wasn't working. It never had in a sustainable way. And I felt crazy. I felt like I didn't know how to eat. I was either on a very restrictive plan, white knuckling it through, or I was eating all the things, not even being hungry for them, but just getting them in physically uncomfortable from binge eating. And I knew that that just couldn't go on. I was irritable. I couldn't, couldn't sleep. So I heard of this intuitive eating and I'm just a, just a lifelong skeptic. You know, I, I am a salesperson. So I think salespeople are like extra skeptical. Um, but I really was just like pushing back on everything that they said. Um, and no one had ever said this to me before. Kimberly, maybe you should actually stop dieting. Maybe this is all happening because you're restricting your food. No one had ever said that. It was all such things that I had never heard before. So to make a long story short, I went through their four-month program it completely changed my relationship with food, my relationship with my body. Um, I was constantly trying to change my body. Um, accepting it to me meant that I was giving up on myself. And what I learned in the program is that it just, it couldn't be the more opposite. I stopped fighting against myself. I actually started to tune in to what my body was telling me, you know, this, this interceptive awareness, the ability to to listen to what your body is telling you that it needs. And it went so far beyond just my relationship with food and my body. I actually went from being a stay-at-home mom to getting back involved in doing, um, you know, helping a company grow, which is Wellness Lately, which is just my passion. And um, it just freed up so much mental space that I was using on dieting, you know, planning my meals, you know, making all my food from scratch, you know, making all my like sauces and, and marinades and all of that. And I have all this time now. And I just told them at the end of the program, I'm like, guys, if there's any way I can help you, like sign me up. Like I, every woman needs to hear this message. Every woman needs to hear this message. Not all women are ready to hear it. And like, I completely hear that you have to be at the right point in your life, but it's just like hundred percent, my passion to spread this to all women right now and to help women see the, the women that are mothers, the opportunity that we can change things by modeling something different to our children. And that's just like, I'll hold back the tears and stop talking now because it's just, I'm so like inspired by it and excited about it. Oh, I think so many women can relate to that, though. Both of your all situations, um, 
We're also worried about passing on how we are to our kids, which scares us. We don't want them to be like that. They're so innocent and have no idea about any of this. Some, some are already, you know, learning this at a young age, which is sad. I grew up completely opposite of you all. I mean, we could eat whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. Um, When I was very young, you know, my dad would make me eat my vegetables before I left the dinner table or something like that, you know, but definitely nothing ever like restrictive so that like um is a, that's very eye-opening to me to like for you all to have to grow up like that can you all um maybe explain like how how would you explain what not your diet but what would you say that your food is like now like what do you eat um are you hard on yourself when you go out to eat because that's the number one thing I preach to people do not skip out on ice cream with your kids do not skip out on dinners with your friends, you know, like it's just, it's so important for your mental health, physical health, obviously too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said is really important that we, we don't want this struggle with food to hold us back from Mm -hmm. living our lives. And unfortunately for a lot of women, that's the case, right? We, we really hold back from social situations or from, you know, parties or when that's a thing outside of our current times, or, you know, even like going out to dinner or, you know, going, being like Kimberly had the example of going on this girls weekend, like those situations can cause a lot of stress and anxiety for Mm -hmm. dieters who are either trying to restrict something or on some sort of routine. Right. Mm -hmm. And that if that gets disrupted, that causes a lot of anxiety and a lot of pain. So an intuitive eater has so much more ease around food. It's just so much more peaceful. It's not this constant battle in your head about, should I eat this? Shouldn't I eat this? Should I be doing this diet starting tomorrow? And if, if I'm going to start tomorrow, then I might, I have to get it all in today and that doesn't feel good physically. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's so many situations that just become so much more relaxed Mm -hmm. when you are eating in attunement with your body and, you know, there's a period of time. If you are coming at this from restriction or any sort of food rules, there's a period of time where we have to go through this phase of allowing all foods and starting to make peace with food again. And that doesn't necessarily feel great either, right? It's, we describe it as a pendulum swinging from one side to the other. So on this side is the super tight restriction, that white knuckling, following all the rules when you let go of that, the pendulum might swing to the other side where you're eating everything in sight and you're rebelling against all the rules. That doesn't, that's important. It's a really key part of this process, but that doesn't feel great either. So Mm -hmm. ideally we want to get to a place where we're swinging back into some balance and we can eat whatever we want. All foods are allowed. And when we don't have any restriction around food, we get to make decisions based on what feels good to us, (laughs) not according to this diet over here, not according to this influencer on Instagram Mm -hmm. over here. Like what does my body need? What feels good to me knowing that I can have whatever I want, but how do I want to feel right? And that's what the whole goal of intuitive eating is, is to get in attunement with how we want to feel and come home to our body's wisdom because our bodies know best. We've just sort of lost touch with our, with trusting our own instincts because of this diet culture that we live in, that all of the rules and all the stuff gets piled onto us. So, and we start to distrust, especially as women, we start to lose trust in our body's wisdom. So 
Um, it's really a process of coming home. And when you do that, you free up, like Kimberly mentioned, all the mind space that is going toward following the rules and trying to stick to the plan. And it's so freeing and liberating when food is just not that big of a deal, when it just is not a thing anymore. And, you know, to, to sprinkle in a statistic here, the average dieter up to 60% of her mind space goes to food in her body. Mm. And when you think about that number, 60% is just enormous, right. For how Mm. much mind space that we're spending on food. So if we can, you know, free up some of that mental space and time and energy, um, that's when your life really starts to change in a positive direction, because you're not only held back by this struggle of food being such a big deal, but you can think about so many other things. And it's just, we, we hear from clients all the time. I'm more relaxed. I'm calmer. I'm happier. Like overall life, it just feels like this great cloud is lifted. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Um, gosh, I love what you all are doing. This is seriously, Oh, I feel literally, I mean, I don't know a lot of women, whether they eat, um, just straight junk all the time. Even those kind of people, you know, that it's weighing on their mind constantly, the food battle back and forth, back and forth. I would definitely say I'm really much like, I'm definitely an intuitive eater. I would say, um, I do, you know, I kind of felt like I have spells that I go through, which is just me being intuitive with my body, um, where I know, okay, I, my brain is so foggy now. Like I need to like clean up, clean up things a little bit, you know, quit just back off the sweets a little bit. You know, what do, what do I need? What does my body need? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when you're in this place of being in touch with what you need, you let go of the judgment around food and Mm -hmm. and all of the guilt around, well, I shouldn't have eaten that. And now I have to quote unquote, get back on track and go back on the diet in order to, we don't need someone else telling us what to eat in in order to tune back into what feels good. We just have kind of been trained that someone else knows better than us. Right. Um, Kimberly, have you noticed a different difference in your kids? Do you feel like your kids ever picked up on um, how you were before? Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of like the, the straw that broke the camel's back is my daughter is just one of those little kids that's just older than her years. And when I started the wellness lately program, she was only five, but she would see me go to birthday parties, let's say, and not have the cake at a birthday party, but then come home and the next day, you know, be eating two cookies, three cookies, all these things. And she said, well, mommy, why didn't you eat the cake? Why aren't you having the cake? I always had a different meal than the family. You know, my you know, compliant food, what have you. Um, so absolutely she picked up on it. And that was, that was when I knew I, I had to do something like the ball was dropping and I had to act. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you that five years old, you know, studies reflect that at eight years old, um, children are already wishing, dreaming to be in a thinner body. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. short there in a sense. And that just like crushes me to like watch a child and, and think that, you know, at already eight, they're going to be starting to think of diets and starting to go on diets. And so, yes, now um, we do a lot of work um, and I'm doing a lot of my own research on the division of responsibility, really what you can't really teach children intuitive eating. They are intuitive eaters. And so our role as mothers is not that we need to teach it, but we need to keep them close to those innate skills and make sure that we are not letting diet culture creep in. So we have a very kind of open um, relationship with food when she wants a 
um, whatever I ask her, what does your tummy feel? Does your tummy feel like it has room? And, and she said, yes or no. And, um, so we really try to, I really try to keep her listening to her own cues. And if she wants more of something, I just ask her and she has it. So I definitely, um, am working on that. Be it that, you know, I was within diet culture for three decades. Like I went on my first diet when I was 10. So it's something that it's not like I'm, I'm automatically cured. Um, I, something that I'm aware that is still emotionally charged for me. And that's why I put the work I do into how I'm actually relating to food with them. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've, you know, I do a lot of reading and, um, have been in some programs about it, but, um, really just working hard every day to make sure that I don't have rules and restrictions around what they eat. We don't have good foods and bad foods. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a constant everyday thing. You know, this is not, this is not something that's easy because diet culture is all around us every day. Still, we still live in a diet culture, even though I am an intuitive eater, this is something that we face on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I know. And I work so hard on, and I, I hate that I still do it, but I hate when I notice myself say bad food or yeah. cheat meal, I'm like, why did you say like, why, right. why? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. The cheat meal phenomenon. I know. Like, yeah. It's so yeah. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it takes practice, you know, it's like um, everyone's, you know, you have to have compassion for yourself that like, mm -hmm. this is, this is what's normal. And all of this stuff is normalized by our culture. So, um, it just takes practice and awareness and it's just these little conversations like this conversation, hopefully will, will lead to you, you know, relating a little bit differently mm -hmm. and, and that will trickle down to the people that you know. So, yeah, I know. Um, and as far as like the intuitive eating, you know, I always tell people I'm like, you know, I have a very social family and we do everything together. Like as far as like my in-laws and us, they are constantly going out to eat. They're a very food-based family. There's no way in this world I could ever be a restrictive eater. <laughs> like right. just no way. Like our social scene is just nuts. Um, I guess, like, can we talk a little bit more about the emotional side of eating? Like maybe what are some things yeah. that people could like pay attention to? Like, um, to like really focus on if they notice that they are emotional eater, which is probably 50% of women, at least. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a lot of people identify as emotional eaters. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And the first thing to sort of know about emotional eating is that it's not inherently a bad thing. It's been very demonized and it's been really like women are really afraid of emotional eating. It, it holds a lot of shame, right? Because of this underlying fear of weight gain. I mean, mm -hmm. if I'm an emotional eater, it means I'm turning to food and that's going to equate in weight gain. And that's bad. That's mm -hmm. sort of the thought process, right? So we want to first mitigate that a little bit by saying emotional eating is not necessarily a bad thing. It, and also in the grand scheme of coping mechanisms, it's pretty benign, right? There are a lot of other vices we could be turning to that are far right. more harmful for our health or yes. happiness, right? So that said, the first thing that we look at in terms of an emotional eating situation is, am I actually hungry? Yes. <laughs> am I actually feeding myself? <laughs> because most women, especially dieters are probably hungry. Like mm -hmm. we're not feeding ourselves nearly mm -hmm. as much as we need to. We are not satisfied either physically, or we're not eating things we enjoy because we're sticking to the plan. Right. So mm -hmm. 
first things first, am I hungry? Am I eating as a form of feeding myself because I'm hungry or am I, is this really an emotion that I need to process and work with? And, you know, emotional eating is not a bad thing. If it's something that's helping us process an emotion in a positive way, sometimes like when we're sad, we want to eat ice cream. Right. And like, yeah, emotional eating can be positive too. Like at a birthday party, we eat cake, right. At a wedding, there's wedding cake. Like these things are all celebrated and they're all part of, our joy and, you know, celebration around food. Um, what we want to notice is if coping with food is either not helpful, like we're not actually processing the uncomfortable emotion, or if it's physically not feeling good, like it's regularly happening and it's not something that feels good or we're piling on the shame as a result of it. So first things first, like I think about it in three steps. Number one, am I hungry? (laughs) Am I, do I actually need to eat right now? Mm -hmm. Um, or is this, you know, is this like quote unquote emotional eating actually just my body, like trying to feed itself in an opportunity where my guard is down. Right. Um, or number two, okay. I'm not hungry. Maybe this is like after right after dinner, or you just had a big meal or whatever, you're satisfied physically. So what can I identify the actual emotion that I'm feeling? Like, what is it that I'm actually trying to process here? Because a lot of times we don't actually stop to say like, what do I actually feel right now? Like what is actually going on that is making me feel the need to comfort myself in some way? And that could be, you know, sadness, frustration, um, exhaustion is a big one. Like maybe I'm just really tired and I'm trying to like come down after a long, hard day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, boredom could be another one. So there's so many things we want to just really try to isolate the emotion because that could give us some clues about what to actually do that could be helpful for processing that emotion. So mm-hmm. identify it. And then of course, number three, what do I actually need right now? What's actually going to be helpful for me in coping with this emotion? Because I can go have the food. I can go eat whatever I want to that's available to me, but do I actually need something to de-stress or do I need to sleep? Do I need to rest? Like, do I need to go for a walk and clear my head? Like whatever that is, that mechanism that's going to be helpful for processing the emotion, we first have to identify it. And then we can say, what do I actually need right now? Because chances are it might not be food if that's your habitual coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'll say is like, we see a decrease in emotional eating when people stop restricting because Mm -hmm. it is like for the chronic dieter, it is like such a common thing that we, our brains are just looking for any opportunity to eat whatever we want that when that emotional situation happens and we say, okay, well, I'm just going to like eat the ice cream tonight because I'm feeling really sad. And then I'm going to start on the diet again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So this is like, if we want to look at it, um, as an opportunity, (laughs) this is when our brains say, oh, okay. Guards down. Like she's letting us have whatever we want right now, but we're going to have to like go back to starving ourselves tomorrow. So I better stock up and eat whatever I can. Right. Right. So that's how we approach emotional eating. It's kind of, it's like a, you know, there's a couple factors there to get into and it's going to be different for everyone, but, um, it's a really straightforward three-step process to, that I like to think about it in terms of. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, this is blowing my mind. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Good. And it's, it's just like, we just want to bring awareness to all of this. We don't want to make ourselves 
wrong or judge ourselves for emotional eating, when we can kind of strip the emotional charge out of it, we can actually observe what's going on, put that anthropologist hat on and observe what's going on. Oh, the woman was really stressed after a long day. So Mm -hmm. the woman sat down and had a really strong urge for ice cream to comfort herself. And we can kind of like work backwards from that to Mm -hmm. understand the context, which just helps us move forward. Right. Is the more information we have, the more empowered we are about our own body's cues and what we're, what's actually going on. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. Just stopping and being intentional is just so huge in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, when you do that, you realize so much more. You're like, what am I doing with so many different things? You know? Yeah. Um, do you all want to talk about the Academy? Yeah, always. <laughs> sounds like um, that could be amazing for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, Kimberly can certainly speak a little more to her experience going through it firsthand, but um, what we do in, I guess, like the, the high level overview is really healing our relationship with food and our body so that we can put this struggle behind us. We can free up that mind space and then decide what we want to do with our lives. What's exciting for us. Right. So we have a three-step framework that we work through. I'm like really into the three steps tonight, I guess. (laughs) Um, but we, so first we, quote unquote, fix the food issues, right? So this is where we really embody the intuitive eating framework and we help you give up that restrictive mentality. And this is not an overnight process. It's not a quick fix, right? Um, It really takes that practice mindset that Kimberly mentioned. Like we really have to get in the habit of stripping away all of the judgment, all of the guilt, and just like start to practice making peace with food. And there's of course a lot that goes into this, right? But really we start with building awareness around how we're feeling and what sort of thoughts are coming into play when we sit down to eat. Um, and again, we have to start eating. We have to start feeding ourselves yes. again. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. huge. I can't really underscore that enough because most chronic dieters are not eating enough. Mm-hmm. So like, of course we all feel out of control around food because mm-hmm. we're driving ourselves crazy with like literally being hungry. <laughs> so yeah, I think you all will be on the same page with me. Like, uh, I hate it. Cause I have so many friends that do it, but I hate when people count their calories and they're so mm-hmm. low and I'm like, and then they work out like crazy. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you don't have enough food in your body. Like I eat anytime I feel any sort of urge of hunger coming, I'm eating. I eat as soon as my eyes open in the morning. I mean, I eat all day long. So yeah. it just, Oh, just, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I get it too. Right. And we want to send compassion to everyone yes. who's in there because we've been there and yes, like, exactly. I know how it feels to be counting calories and to be like constantly hungry and to feel mm-hmm. like I'm out of control because I can't stick to the plan or because I'm, you know, breaking the rules or because I get to the weekend and go nuts because I've been starving myself all week. At least that's what I used to do. So, um, totally get it very valid also given the culture that we live in that praises thinness, right. And that we, that is Mm -hmm. constantly promoting an ideal quote unquote body. So we get it. So we have to start to feed ourselves again, and we have to start to notice what's coming up and challenge those food police voices in our head that are pushing the rules on us. And all of this is just about building awareness and that interceptive awareness is about how food feels for us. And we really start to practice this in this first phase. And this is really, really hard. This is like, I, it, we're talking kind of casually about it, but to give up dieting after 
years, decades. years. Yeah, this like is this really is hard. like in you know, just like you all, it goes back to your childhood. Yeah. So I mean, that's years and years and years. Yeah, and it's it's not an easy process. So that's why the coaching is so valuable, right? Because you get guided through this process and you can lean into the group when you're feeling like that struggle of, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Um, yeah. so it's, it's a lot about building trust with yourself. And, um, we also, you, you just touched on this, but we also have to really challenge those beliefs that we grew up with, right. And those beliefs about good and bad food and what's best for us. And that healthy equals smaller and healthy equals dieting, right. We have to kind of challenge those beliefs about food, um, and start to really unlearn all of this stuff that we've learned about food. And, um, and it's, that's, that's where it gets a little bit, um, tricky for a lot of people because we start to work with the idea that you can be healthy at any size and in any body at any weight. And this is where a lot of people run into some friction with beliefs that they hold, right? that this idea that I can be healthy in a larger body than, you know, my previous body or that I can gain weight. And that might be a healthy thing if I've been restricting for a long time. So there's a lot of just stuff that comes up in this phase. And, uh, and we go through all of that in the first section, and then we work with body image. So our, the second portion of our program is all about unlearning these beliefs about our bodies and digging into those subconscious beliefs that we grew up with. If, if that's something that we struggled with as a child and the idea that there is a quote unquote ideal body and that we're going to be happy in a specific size body. So we start to work with all of that body image. We work a lot with body neutrality, which is this concept of taking such a huge emphasis off of our appearance and the way that we look so that we can actually honor how we want to feel and honor our body without such a, um, an emphasis on our weight or on how we look, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Do you want to talk second. about like uh, your experience with the program, Kimberly? Or the yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I can say is that although these are skills that we were born with, I speak of my kids, you know, being born intuitive eaters, it is a lot harder to unlearn all the things that we have been learning for, you know, years and years and decades for some and I will say that there's many times, there would have been many times where I would have quit if not for having coaches support mm -hmm. because what happens and every woman has a little bit of a different journey, but what happens affirms all of the fears that we have, you know, there's different phases in learning intuitive eating. And there's a phase where initially, you know, when you are allowing all foods, you will eat more than you're accustomed to eating. It is just a phase and, and people that become intuitive eaters move through it, but without support, that's where most people stop because their, their biggest fear is that they will just eat cookies every day is affirmed and there they have. Um, but that was my thing, you know, cookies were something I never allowed. So when I was allowed to eat more, eat all foods, I would have cookies every single day. And I was speaking with the ladies, like, when is, you know, when is this going to end? I was, you know, I was still thinking of cookies as being this big, bad thing. And that's just one example. But I mean, people have coaches for everything in life. I mean, there's coaches yeah. for everything. And this intuitive eating, relearning this, it again is, is years in the making that you have been learning all the opposites of this. And we kind of like to make the analogy that 
there is peace with food in your body awaiting, but you really have to kind of take the hand of someone who knows where they're going to get you through there because it's very, very hard to know that you're in the right spot um, to know that, you know, what you're feeling are what you should be feeling at the time. And that's what they were, would always say to me, you're exactly where you should be, mm-hmm. you know, just keep moving forward, just bringing me back to the basics, just reaffirming like why I started. And, um, I will say that I tried intuitive eating on my own for several months before I found wellness lately. And I, it was just a complete mess because I didn't know what I was doing because diet culture is the culture that we live in, you're not going to go to a family barbecue and meet five other intuitive eaters. Most people are in diet culture. And so when you tell them that you're no longer dieting after a lifelong of dieting, they look at you like you have three heads Mm -hmm. and no one can really relate. So having a group of people that can relate was instrumental for me. And in our program, we have both one-on-one coaching. So you get very intensive, deep dive into your specific background. And then we have group coaching. So it's actually a community of women that get together and share their wins, what's going on in their week, the challenges they're having. And those calls were, it was a community that never existed for me. People that were talking about these things that usually we do behind closed doors, like binge eating and emotional eating. And I'm actually not a perfect diet. You know, this is, this is the truth about me and having, having built those relationships and having women to, um, speak positively about our bodies and not just commiserate about our diets was, was huge for me. And again, why I wanted to be a part of it, because I just feel like there's such a space, um, in the world for this women need to be, you know, having these convers, these honest conversations, building each other up. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, I could have never, I could have never done it without coaches to assist me. Oh, I completely get that for sure. I'm one of the people that's like, um, especially going through something so hard like that, that is just like very, very, very intense. Yeah. Um, Because this is a huge problem for so many women, men too, you know. Um, Yeah. They have it. It's not so much I feel hard of. Um, But yeah, what you all are doing is just so amazing and so, 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 so needed. Um, thank you so much. Oh, I love it. I mean, I feel like I don't even have that many issues with food, but I feel like I need to enroll just because. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, a lot of this stuff is like pretty, like we've talked about normalized, right? We have this diet culture. We also have a wellness culture, a wellness industry that normalizes a lot of dieting. And just it's like a lot of dieting that is now disguised as healthy living or clean Mm -hmm. eating, right? We see things like Weight Watchers rebranding and not talking Mm -hmm. about weight loss when like you're still (laughs) counting points, you know? So it makes total sense and you're not alone in that. And I think a lot of women, this is, this is why it's sort of so insidious is because we think something's wrong with us. We think that something is like, we don't have enough willpower to stick to things or like we're not doing it right. When in reality, it's like a broken formula that none of us can get right. There's actually data showing that, that none of us can effectively stick to something, right? You know, Um, you're constantly letting yourself down. You're that, that just like hurts your confidence and overall 
makes you unhappy, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I'll say about this, this work is once we free up the mind space and all the energy that is going toward dieting in our lives, like once we work through that, once we work through the body image stuff, then we like say, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want to do with all this free time? Like Kimberly talked about joining our team. Like, what do I actually, how do I actually want to show up for life? If I'm not stuck in this, this constant struggle and this constant battle, so many possibilities open up that we didn't even know existed. Right. And like, just to to get dramatic about it, like what would our world look like if more women were not dieting? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Everybody would be so much happier, so much nicer to each other. Absolutely. No jealousy because you know, there's all kinds of jealousy and negativity between women and, Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you just have to look at social media, right. To see, to see where we get some of these ideas about what the the quote unquote right body is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you guys have been awesome. Do y'all want to plug your socials and where people can sign up for the Academy for one? <laughs> oh, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, we are at wellnesslately.com. That's sort of our, our home base for everything. Um, we are, we have a free Facebook group. That's a really awesome place to get sort of immersed into this world and join some other women who are going through the same challenges. We do some free trainings in there. We do, um, we have a book club coming up next week. Oh, so cool. do some fun stuff in there. Um, we're on Instagram at wellness underscore lately. And then um, we have a podcast as well. Same name wellness lately, where we talk about some of this stuff in more detail. But I think if you are, if this is resonating, if you're like, I want to learn more about this, how do I start to actually implement it? We have a great free class that people can check out. It's at uh, wellnesslately.com slash masterclass. And that really goes into the specifics of ending binge eating, how to start to heal your relationship with food. And I we hear it all the time for a lot of people. This is stuff they've never heard of. This is stuff that we just don't see in the wellness industry. We just don't see when it comes to food. So that would be um, my recommendation for where to start if this is uh, this is interesting to folks. And then, um, yeah, we have free breakthrough sessions with one of us or Dana, our partner, and um, people can chat if the academy would be a good fit for them. We can talk about their unique situation with food and how they're feeling and what challenges they have. Cause it's different for everyone, right? There's some of these things are universal, but everyone has a really unique situation that we need to talk through in order to see, okay, where do we go from here? Right. So we can, those are free. People can set them up, um, at wellnesslately.com slash apply. And we would be happy to chat with anyone. That's so awesome. People love free stuff. So (laughs) we've got plenty of it. (laughs) Yes. That is so awesome. Is there anything else that you all would like to add? Well, I would just say, you know, we've talked about a lot and I just want to tell people it's possible, right? If you're in a place where food feels really challenging and it feels sort of like hopeless to get out of that struggle, especially if you're dealing with the binging or emotional eating, um, I just... I promise that there is an alternative. There's a better way. We've done it in our own lives. We do it with clients all the time and women don't have to live like this anymore. It's just not something that's, that is necessary. It's not a necessary struggle. There's all, there's already too much stress in life to throw food on top of it. Right. So if this is something that's challenging, just know that you can turn this around pretty quickly. Perfect. Thank you all so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having us. It's great to meet you. 
Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop back in and tell you thank you for listening to this episode. If there is anyone in your life that you think might want to hear this episode, please feel free to share it with them. It will only help my podcast grow. If you could also go and hit the subscribe button, you will get notified every single time a new episode is released. Also, if you'd like to go rate and review if you like the podcast, please feel free to do that and shoot me a message if you do, maybe like a screenshot, and I will send you a small token of my appreciation in return. You can connect with me on Instagram at thriveandshine underscore wellness. I'll also have a Facebook page called Thrive and Shine Wellness. I have a Facebook healthy lifestyle group as well, and the name of that is Thrive and Shine Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Group. I also have a website. It is www.thriveandshinewellness.org. And if you need to reach me, you can either send me a message through social media or you can email me at info at thriveandshinewellness.org.